Are you a sheep waver? Yes, you heard that correctly. I said sheep waver, as in S-H-E-E-P-W-A-V-E-R. I was taking a three and a half mile walk through my semi-rural neighborhood this morning. Just to kind of give you a little background, I live on a cul-de-sac in a housing development near a small town. And when you get about half a mile away from my house, you come upon some older farmhouses that used to be large farms, but are now considered homes on acreage. That is something like five acres, 10 acres, 40 acres. These small farms typically do things like boarding horses. They may have a llama or two, some goats, some sheep, some pot-bellied pigs, and lots of high-end chicken condos. I'm walking along doing my three and a half mile walk and I pass some sheep. They're standing there still as statues, gazing at me with their cute woolly faces. Without even realizing I was doing it, I waved at them like, hi sheep. And then a second later, I'm like (laughs) saying to myself, Laura, you just waved at the sheep. Were you expecting them to wave back to you? So anyway, I kept on walking and I reached my turning around point. At that point in time, I was about 50 feet or so behind another person who was also walking down the road. And I laughed out loud when the person in front of me waved enthusiastically at the sheep. And not only did they wave at the sheep, they actually crossed the road and went over and had a chat with them. That just kind of made my day. And I'm wondering, are you a sheep waver or a goat waver or a cow waver, or do you wave at livestock? If you live in the country and you're going for a walk and you pass some livestock, do you wave at them? That's just one of those random things I thought I would tell you about myself. I'm Laura Christensen, and so glad to welcome you to a new year here on the Professional Writer Podcast. Here on this podcast is a place where you can confidently plan launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at my website, bloggingbistro.com. That's blogging with a B and bistro with a B, bloggingbistro.com. As I was ruminating about sheep waving during my walk, this podcast episode solidified in my mind. Does that ever happen to you? Like you're working out, maybe you're waving to sheep, and suddenly your next podcast episode or your next blog post or your book chapter comes together like magic. It's like it's fully formed inside your head and you can't wait to run back and write it all down. Here's what happened for me. After waving to the sheep, I began thinking about how a lot of people pray or meditate or ruminate about what their word for the year will be. That's a word that will help guide their thinking and their goals and the way they do business or ministry throughout the upcoming calendar year. I have never been a word of the year person. I've thought about what I could use as a word of the year because people urge me to do that, but either nothing definitive comes to mind or I think of a word because people tell me I'm supposed to have one and then I forget what my word is after about two weeks. Kind of like New Year's resolutions, they last for about two weeks. But I sense that this year will be different. For the past week or so, I've been planning the content for a workshop that I'll be teaching at an upcoming writer's conference, and the title of the workshop is Branding Simplified. 
As I've worked on this workshop, I've thought deeply about how I can help writers understand the concept of branding in simple terms. As I brainstormed the exercises that the listeners will do that will help them to unveil the mysteries of branding, I did the exercises myself as they apply to my own business. I'm a believer that when you teach people techniques for building their business, you should use those same techniques yourself. In other words, practice what you preach. So I went through my own branding exercises and I got clear on where I want to take my business in 2021. And where I want my business to go revolves around one word, simplify. This clarity did not happen in a flash. In fact, I've been actively working on this for more than a year. About a year ago, I did a major brand overhaul. At that time, I shifted my ideal audience, that is the people who are the absolute best clients for me to work with. I shifted from general entrepreneurs to writers and authors. For the past few years, people who want to plan, launch, and grow a writing-related business had already comprised around 80% of my client base. And while I still do work with business owners in other industries, I shifted my focus to working primarily with writers. And that includes everybody from beginning bloggers to pre-published authors to best-selling multi-published authors. The two things that they all have in common is that they describe themselves as tech-challenged and they want to shift their mindset from maybe dabbler or hobbyist to serious writer or professional writer or a career writer. If they already are a professional writer or a career writer, they want to learn how to do those things better, how to be more productive, how to be more efficient, how to become a better marketer of their writing. Last year, I launched the Professional Writer Podcast, and I continued teaching at writers' conferences, which is something I've enjoyed doing for many years. I talked with hundreds of writers, and I listened really closely as they told me about the things that they find most frustrating and most challenging about running a writing-related business. And based on what I learned during these conversations, I tested a variety of services and programs specifically for writers. I realized that I can't be everything to all writers, and I don't even try to be that person. During the past year, I did throw a fair amount of spaghetti at the wall to see what stuck. I believe that a great deal of experimentation and trying stuff that doesn't work is part of the process of discovering what does work. This year of testing and experimenting has revealed the areas that I feel most passionate about, and I also have a great deal of experience and expertise in these areas. There are areas where I also know that I can most help the writers I work with to achieve results. I've also discovered areas during the past year in which, yes, I have experience, I have expertise, writers need help in these areas, but I am not feeling compelled or motivated to continue offering those services. This became crystal clear to me just during the past couple of weeks when two writers contacted me and told me point blank that they wanted to hire me. I had never met either of these people. I had never had any direct contact with either of them before, but both of them told me, and this is very interesting, they said that they had been listening to the Professional Writer podcast. And here's what one of them said word for word. I have been listening to your podcast, and I'm so impressed with how you handle yourself. You're so professional, organized, articulate, and clear. I was hoping to be able to work with you somehow. 
The other person told me that they like the way I organize my content and offer practical, no-nonsense tips that motivate them to take action. When I met with these individuals on Zoom, I discovered that the types of things that they want to pay me money to help them with are not the best match for the core services that I offer. Yes, they were closely related. They were areas in which I have provided services in the past and which I know I'm good at. So it was very tempting to see if I could find a way to work with these people. After all, they were offering to throw money at me. I really liked both of them. I felt that we'd have a very positive professional relationship. It was difficult for me to emotionally distance myself from the praise they were heaping on me and to tell them, you know, I don't think I'm the right person to help you with this. But I did tell them that, and I referred both of them to others who I thought would be a better fit for them. They were what I would call an okay fit for what I have to offer, but not the best fit. One of the foundational teaching points that I constantly refer to when helping people develop their brand is that as you discover who your ideal audience is, that is the community of people that you most want to serve who are the best fit for what you have to offer, you'll also discover who your ideal audience is not. Knowing who they are not is just as important as knowing who they are. Because like I said earlier, you can't be everything to everyone and you should not try. That's a recipe for disaster in your business. You can be somebody really important to the community of people who are the best fit for what you have to offer and for the unique manner in which you offer it. My conversations with the two people who wanted to hire me motivated me to take immediate action. So I'm going to share with you several things that I did, and I urge you to do these same sorts of things as they relate to the core services that you plan to offer to your ideal target audience during the upcoming year. And I will put a list of these things in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. So don't feel as if you have to madly scribble down notes. You can just hop over there and check out the show notes and you'll find the list there. So here's the things that I did and the things that I am still working on. I am going through every page of my website and all my blog posts. And I have hundreds and hundreds of blog posts. So this is going to take a while. I am removing the services and the topics that I've written about that are there merely because somebody might want to buy them. And I'm replacing those, adding or featuring the services that I'm feeling really excited about. These are the ones where I most want to help my audience this year. So I'm getting rid of the dead wood, the stuff that I threw at the wall that really didn't work. And I'm keeping the things that I really want to focus on this year. I did the same with my social media channels, and I highly recommend that you do this too. And this is going to take you some time, depending on how many social media channels you actively use. So let's keep this simple. Look at your bio on whatever social media accounts you use. That might be your Facebook page, your LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, etc., etc., Look at your bio on every single one of your social media accounts and make sure that every word of your bio reflects your current area of expertise or your area of influence or that it reflects the book that you're publishing, the program, the service that you're passionate about and are currently offering. So you can get rid of the stuff that you did last year that you were focusing on last year that you are no longer really focusing on this year and keep the stuff that is current moving forward with your plans for 2021. 
I also took that social media audit a step further, and I took a very close look at who my friends and followers were on Facebook and Instagram, which are the two social channels that I use the most. Let me give you Instagram as an example of what I did here. I started using Instagram semi-regularly back in 2015. And at that time, back in 2015, my business model was focused more on social media marketing. I discovered as I went through who I had been following on Instagram that I had followed a bunch of other social media marketers so I could keep tabs on how they were growing their own businesses and learn from them. I'm no longer doing social media marketing, so I unfollowed all of those people. There were hundreds of them. And what I discovered as I was going through one by one, which you have to do on Instagram, super time consuming and irritating. (laughs) But what I discovered was that a lot of those people that I started following back in 2015, their accounts are inactive. They haven't posted anything since 2016 or 2018. So I unfollowed all of those people and I basically started over by following engaged Instagram users who are writers. Yes, people who are looking to grow a writing related business. So I completely switched audiences on Instagram and I'm going to be monitoring how that's going because I have a feeling that my Instagram engagement is going to go up now that I have gotten rid of the deadwood and I am now following the audience who I am planning to work with moving forward. On Facebook, I remove myself from several groups. I'm a member of lots of different groups. And again, I go in, I try them out for a while. I participate in them. I see what kind of value I can add to the group. But I discovered that I had been a member of several groups where I wasn't really contributing to the conversation or the conversation had stopped appealing to me. And so I just took myself out of those groups. Another thing that I have done, which many of you probably are not planning on doing, but this is just me, I stopped using my personal Facebook profile about nine months ago. With the election in the United States, I was just feeling very overwhelmed and very depressed by all the negativity and all the name calling that was going on on the personal side of Facebook. I basically stopped using the personal side of Facebook altogether, just continued using my business page and groups. So I went through my Facebook personal profile and I unfriended or defriended, whatever the correct term is for that, everybody except the people that I already interact with regularly on Facebook and that I would most want to interact with should I decide to become active on the personal side of Facebook sometime in the future. So that's what I did with my social media channels. I updated my bio on all my channels. I went through my friends, followers, and groups and just cleaned house. I also cleaned house on my email list. And this is what's called scrubbing your email list or cleaning your email list. If you want to learn more about how to clean your list, I recommend that you listen to episode 24. The title of that episode is List Cleaning Gets Rid of Deadbeat Subscribers. I scrub my list about every three months anyway, simply because it's good practice. And I think the person who describes this best is Neil Patel. His name is spelled N-E-I-L-P-A-T-E-L. I have followed Neil for years. In fact, he and Darren Rouse of ProBlogger are probably the two people I have followed the absolute longest of anybody. And Seth Godin also. They're my three heroes, (laughs) marketing heroes. So anyway, Neil Patel is a huge advocate of list scrubbing. And he explains it in a way that makes so much sense to me. So I want to share with you what he says. He says that too many of us are focused on 
the number of subscribers we have. Hey, raise your hand if that's you. Oh, I need to have 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 subscribers. But Neil says we get so focused on those numbers when what we should be focusing on is the number of subscribers who are engaging, engaging. That is opening our emails, clicking on the links in our emails. And Neil was recently the guest on Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Amy's episode is episode number 321. During that interview with Amy, Neil said, most people believe that if you send an email out to 100 people, and 20 of them open it, that's a good open rate, you know, 20%. And that is 20 to 25% is considered kind of industry standard open rate among emails. But if the other 80 out of those 100 that you sent it to don't keep opening it, and no one's marking your email as spam, and no one's unsubscribing from your list, all of your emails will start going into the spam box or the other inbox because you're sending emails to people who are never opening it that sends bad signals to Gmail and Outlook and a lot of the providers, and it actually taints your score. My own rule of thumb is that if someone has been a subscriber to my blogging bistro mailing list, my email list, for three months, and they haven't opened a single one of my weekly emails, and yes, I do send an email out every single week, they aren't interested. They've been on my list for three months. They haven't opened a single one of my emails. That means they would have received 12 emails from me during that three months. They're not interested. I don't need to feel sad or offended about this. It's just a fact of life. I just remove these people from my list. I unsubscribe them. I delete them all together. That helps me stay focused on the subscribers who are the best fit for what I have to offer. Speaking of focusing on the people who are the best fit for my areas of expertise, I fine-tuned the core services that I will be offering in 2021. I decided that my emphasis this year is going to be in three areas, and I'll tell you about each of them. These areas are coaching, custom WordPress websites, and targeted training. For coaching, I offer one-to-one -one and small group coaching in these areas in brand development, in website content development, and in email marketing. And these are all geared for writers and authors. That's coaching in three areas, branding, websites, and email marketing. That's it. Everything else I said goodbye to. The second major core service that I offer is custom WordPress websites. I have a team which includes a graphic designer, a programmer, and me. I'm the project manager. And together, we design and develop custom WordPress websites. I told you that my word for 2021 is simplify. One of the ways that my team is helping people who are new writers or pre-published authors to simplify is by offering one-page and two-page websites. If you're a pre-published author, in other words, if you're working on a book, you're seeking a publisher, and you want to have a website, but you don't have enough content yet for a full-blown multi-page author site, we are now offering a lower-cost, custom WordPress website option where all your content displays on one page or on two pages. And if you have a two-page website, the second page would be either your blog or your podcast. I think this is going to be a very popular option this year for people who are just starting out creating their writing-related business. So if you're interested in learning more about our one-page 
or our two-page websites, you can just shoot me an email over at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at bloggingbistro.com. Okay, I've told you so far about two of the core service areas that I'm going to be offering in 2021, coaching and custom WordPress websites. The third core service area is what I'm calling targeted training. There are so many comprehensive courses and programs and mastermind groups out there that claim to teach you everything you need to know about a particular topic. And many of these programs are great. I have enrolled in some of them myself and I've gotten a lot out of them. But one of the comments that I hear quite regularly from the people who enroll in these comprehensive programs is that it's like drinking from a fire hose. You spend hundreds or thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars on a program. And because you're determined to get your money's worth, you invest countless hours watching the videos and listening and taking notes and doing the assignments when perhaps only a small portion of the training actually applies to what you really need to learn. You come away from these training programs feeling, well, let's just say overwhelmed, feeling as if you've slurped from the fire hose, but sometimes you feel like you're no closer to reaching your goals than you were before you took the training. In fact, you've added 10 more things to your endless to-do list, and now you're agonizing even more than ever about where am I going to find the time and the energy and the motivation to do all this stuff? While I appreciate the comprehensive courses that I've taken... I've discovered after talking with dozens of writers over the past year that many of them really yearn for one short, focused, affordable training that is going to fill in their knowledge gaps and equip them to carry out one important specific task. So this year, I'm going to be offering what I call targeted training. I have teamed up with experienced writers who are experts in one aspect of the writing and the publication process, and we are going to be offering one-hour value-packed trainings that focus on just one critical area. For instance, my co-partners and I have targeted trainings planned on these topics, book launch teams, critique partnerships, hiring an editor, And I'll be sharing details about these targeted trainings as we get them finalized. I'm also creating what I call the Simplify series, which will include free training here on the Professional Writer Podcast, as well as on my blog. And it will also include premium or paid training that I'm going to be offering at affordable price points. These online trainings in the Simplify series will be on topics such as branding simplified, search engine optimization, SEO, simplified website simplified. Now, if you have an idea for a series that you would love to participate in, feel free to suggest topics to me for my simplified series. And also, if you are interested in partnering with me to co-teach a targeted training on a specific writing or publishing related topic, send me your pitch, laura at bloggingbistro.com. Because developing the targeted training and the simplify series takes time, I'm giving myself permission to take some breaks from podcasting. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop podcasting. But over the past year, I discovered that podcasting every week is tremendously time consuming, particularly when you're a one woman show like I am who does all the planning, all the recording, the editing, the writing, the publishing of the show notes and the transcripts and the emails that go out to my subscribers and the social media promos. Podcasting seriously is a part time job all by itself. I love podcasting. I love the interaction that I've been having with my listeners this year, and I intend to continue doing it. 
Moving forward, I'm going to develop a structure that looks a little bit more like a television season. You know how on TV you'll see about seven episodes of your favorite show, and then they'll have a fall finale or a spring finale, and they'll take a break for a while? Well, that's what I'm going to do too. I'll publish a series of episodes, and then I'll take a break for a few weeks to regroup, rejuvenate, and create more content. I'm giving myself permission to take the time I need to recharge my batteries so that I can deliver the absolute best top-notch podcast content to you. Also, in keeping with my Simplify theme for 2021, I have a free gift for you that you can grab right now if you haven't done so already. It's my 2021 content calendar template, and I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Let me tell you a little bit about this template. I use Microsoft Word every day, and if you're a writer, I suspect that you probably use it as well. When it comes to calendars and planners, I love those printed calendars and planners and books that you can get at office supply stores or that a lot of other marketers give away. But you know what? (laughs) I get so distracted by how pretty and beautiful they are that I'm almost afraid to write in them. Which is why I created a very simple word template to use as a content calendar. I remember the time that somebody downloaded my template and they emailed me after downloading it and they complained and they said, this is too simple. I could have created this myself. And my response, which I thought but did not send back to the person was then create it yourself. I'm all about simple, as you have probably figured out by now. I'm all about practical tools that I can use immediately to help me be more productive. And I know that a lot of you are too, which is why I update my content calendar template every year. And it's also why thousands of people download it and tell me that they love it. I created the template so you don't have to. Downloading it is going to take a couple of seconds and it will save you at least an hour of time instantly because you won't have to create your own template from scratch. You'll find a link to request the template in the show notes over at bloggingbistro.com. I sincerely hope that you enjoy your 2021 content calendar template and I would love to know how you're using it or how you're adapting the template to your specific needs. I hope that you will consider joining the Professional Writer podcast community if you haven't done so already. That's our private Facebook group where we share the things that we're learning and we encourage one another and hold each other accountable on this journey toward creating a writing-related business. So join us in the Professional Writer Podcast community and share your word for the year if you have one. Share your core areas of influence or your core income streams for 2021. Let's talk about the ways that you can simplify your processes so that you are freed up to focus on the activities that get the best results for your ideal audience and help you grow your business. Thanks for joining me today for the Professional Writer Podcast.